Yeah, welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of the Format Podcast. Thanks for joining me again today. And we got a pretty interesting show here for you. Um, I'm basically going to break down some uh, numbers that'll make your head spin. But anyway, before we get into that, um, if you're here on YouTube, you know what we got to do. Go ahead, click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell so you can be kept up to date whenever new episodes get released and uh, you can be right here with us. If you want the audio-only version of the podcast, go ahead, open up your audio-only podcast platform, type in the format podcast in the search bar, do a little search. We should come up. If you're enjoying the content, please make sure you give us that five-star review. And don't forget to leave a comment either on your audio podcast platform or right here on YouTube. All that stuff helps us rise in the algorithm, helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. All right, let's get right to it, man. So let me start off with a with, with a little, a very short story, okay? So as you know, um, I went to journalism school, graduated from there, definitely a credentialed journalist. And uh, I have a friend and we go back and forth on uh, basketball all the time. All right. He and I went to journalism school together. Real good guy. And um, some of the things we always debate because he's uh, he's younger than I am. So he's kind of from the next generation. We always debate LeBron versus MJ. Obviously, he thinks LeBron's the GOAT. I think MJ's the GOAT. I know MJ is the GOAT. Um, we talk uh, old NBA, i.e. my era versus today's NBA. Clearly, he believes that today's NBA is better. Um, so we have all these different arguments, kind of, you know, cultural generational thing is going to happen, but really good guy. Anyway, um, I use stats, but I'm also a context and history guy. So if you watch this channel, you know that I've said more than once, you know, I like to think that I have a good idea what I'm talking about because I have the benefit of multiple decades of NBA basketball that I can really kind of go back and reflect on or, or research or what have you when I go to compare, right? I saw it with my own eyes, not necessarily just YouTube clips or whatever. So when I talk about this era versus the old era and apply context, etc., I'm knowing it because I saw it, right? Um, but anyway, my buddy, he has something that he always says to me. And when we're going back and forth, a lot of times we send text, we send pictures, we send data, different things. And whenever he sends me something, he always says, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Shout out to my main man, Al. Al, shout out, man. But you're dead wrong, bro. You're dead wrong. Anyone who believes that numbers don't lie are dead wrong. Why? Because context. Numbers without context are nonsense. There's a lot of numbers out there that do not tell the full story. So it's you can't say numbers don't lie because we can say a lot of things, but it just doesn't tell the whole story. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I never use stats. I actually use stats a whole lot. But to say numbers don't lie is ridiculous. And I'll tell you why. Let's think about this. One of the things we hear when it comes to the, the numbers argument, right? Um, I'm one of the people who believes wholeheartedly Michael Jordan would average 40 points or more in today's NBA based on how dominant a player and scorer he was back in an era where defense was much, much more physical. And people will disagree with that. Um, people who are more proponents of today's NBA, uh, people who are fans of LeBron James, they'll say, no, Michael Jordan is not averaging 40 in today's game. Why? Because he can't shoot the three. And then they'll start pointing out numbers and that's fine. And they'll say Michael Jordan shot just under 33% from the three point line for his career, which is, I want to say 32.7%. That's what he shot for his career from the three point line. Cool. But what's happening here is they lack the context to understand that back then threes weren't that big a part of the game. 
And so they got practice less and thus the entire league shot them on a lower percentage for the most part. Now you always had your elite shooters, your Glenn Rice's, your Reggie Miller's, your Del Curry's, so on, so on, so forth, right? You always had those guys. But for the most part, three-pointers were not the weapon that they are today. I always talk about it. Reggie Miller says when he came into the league, NBA games were averaging about 16 three-point attempts per game. That was uh, 1987 or 1988. Teams just weren't shooting them that much. Today, teams are averaging, uh, not teams, games are averaging between uh, 70 and 83-point attempts per game between both teams, right? So obviously, you do something more, the general premise is you'll get better at it, just through the repetition, right? We all know repetition, right? Practice makes perfect. That's the old saying. So the more you do something, the more you'll improve. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, back to Michael Jordan. They say that he won't average 40 in today's game because he can't shoot the three. He shot just under 33% from his career. Now, what people don't realize is because the three wasn't the weapon back then that it is today, the league average was about 32% for the bulk of Michael Jordan's career. Okay. What does that mean? Remember I told you that Michael Jordan shot just under 33% from three from his career. So that makes him an average three-point shooter for his era. Today, I think league average is about 35.5%. So what's to say that if Michael Jordan wasn't an average, was, excuse me, an average three-point shooter in his era, he couldn't be at the very least an average three-point shooter today, just through the fact that there's so much more emphasis on shooting the three ball. Makes sense, right? So you see, it's easy to make an example of numbers lying when you say, oh, Jordan couldn't shoot the three because he only shot this percentage. Well, no, that's not correct. He was an average three-point shooter for his era. Okay, but now let's take this to another perspective. When you think about the all-time great defenders in the NBA, who are some of the names that come to mind? I'll give you a second. All right, Michael Jordan. Why Michael Jordan? Because he's all-time great at just about everything. But anyway, no, he's the greatest two-way player of all time, bar none. Anyway, Michael Jordan, all-time great defender in this league. Scottie Pippen, all-time great defender in this league. Really made his mark on being one of the greatest man-on defenders of all time. Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest man-on defenders of all time. Nine-time All-NBA first-team defense. The Mr. Bill Russell, possibly, arguably, the greatest single defender of all time. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon, we know what a great defender he was. Top 10, number one all-time in blocks and top 10 in steals. Patrick Ewing, the Hoya Destroyer, dominant big man in the post, dominant big man on the defensive end. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Gary Payton, the glove, one of three all-NBA first team nine times. Kawhi Leonard, and maybe Draymond Green. Why do I say maybe Draymond Green? I'm a little leery on that one. And I, the reason why is I think that generally defense today in the NBA is so bad that he looks like an elite defender and maybe isn't one as much as people think. Now, I'm sure the analytics will tell you that he is, but we'll get to why you can't believe the analytics. But those are some of the names that come to mind when we talk about elite defenders. Do we ever think two-time defending MVP Nikola Jokic? No. And why not? Because he's slow. He's not athletic, and while he's an outstanding offensive player for his era, he usually gets it handed to him when he has to play against other good bigs. For instance, earlier this season, we had what's probably the premier big man matchup of the modern game, or at the very least, in the last couple seasons, 
and that was Joel Embiid versus uh, Nikola Jokic when they played against each other. And Embiid absolutely demolished Nikola Jokic. Embiid gave him 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals, and two blocks. That is getting completely dismantled. So why am I bringing up those numbers? Because Embiid, by the analytics, I'm sorry, not Embiid, um, uh, Jokic, by the analytics, it's supposed to be an all-time great defender. Wait, what? What? <laughs> yes, by the numbers, these same analytics that so many people live and die by in the modern era, right? Remember Al, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Got it. These numbers will tell you that this season, Nikola Jokic is number two in the league in defensive box plus minus. Okay, that is an advanced analytic that's supposed to define how valuable you are as a defender to your team. Let me read the definition of it to you, okay? Defensive plus minus is one kind of a plus minus metric that measures the difference per 100 possessions in points allowed with a player on the court versus off the court. The accuracy of this measure varies depending on how often the player is on the floor and whom the player shares it with. In most cases, it provides a good indication of a player's overall defensive value to his team. If a player's team allows 110 points per 100 possessions while the player is on the court and 105 points per 100 possessions while he is off the court, his net defensive plus minus is plus five. It's better to have a negative defensive plus minus value. Okay. So basically, all that's saying is this metric basically tells how valuable a player is to their team defensively. All right, cool. So not only is Jokic by this metric number two this season in defensive plus minus, but according to that advanced stat, okay, get ready. This is the one I told you is going to blow your mind. Nikola Jokic somehow measured number seven all time in this category. Number seven all time. What makes that worse is that this metric puts him ahead of players such as Ben Wallace, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Tim Duncan, all dominant Hall of Fame defenders and big men. Are you freaking serious? Are you serious? Stop telling me about numbers and analytics. Cut it out. Are people not watching the game? Are people not applying context to what they're seeing? Apparently not. So this is my thing. I'm not totally against analytics, but I'm not a big analytics guy. And in this case, analytics tell you that they're trash. And why is that? Because they're just a way to let everyone have a say and have an entry into the game. All right. It's for the math geeks and the science nerds who never even played a pickup game and have no idea what they're doing to be able to get involved in the game. Also, in my estimation, it makes it easier to coach, right? For instance, you look at a situation where offensively, the analytics tell you, hey, shoot a ton more threes because threes are more valuable than two. And if you shoot enough threes, you'll make enough threes in the opponent. If you hold them to twos, they won't be able to, by the math of it, match you in points and you'll win more games. But when you watch the NBA in terms of offensive coaching, most of these games devolve into three point shooting contests, right? Offensively, most of these games are either some form of pick and roll, right? Get trapping a guy in a pick and roll defensively or shooting enough threes to win. So that makes for a lot of lazy coaches and it makes it easier to coach. So be it. But it's absolutely nuts. And analytics are a way to let people get into the game who realistically may not know anything about it. 
So you see a stat like this defensive plus minus telling you that Jokic is the second best defender in the league this year. But when you watch the game, your eyes show him getting destroyed against other quality bigs. And then this same stat has the nerve to put him ahead of guys like Ben Wallace, Hakeem the Dream, Olajuwon, and Tim Duncan, three of the greatest defenders of all time. You see where analytics are flawed and they're trash? Absolute nonsense. Okay, um, I could go all day about numbers lying. That was just one, and I, I really felt the need to go ahead and talk about that. But that's just an example, a prime example, but an example nonetheless. And the reason I brought it up, especially in the context of Jokic is, he's probably going to win his third straight MVP and the analytics nerds are going to be the ones to give it to him. But what I want to know from you is, do you believe in analytics and their value in the modern game? Do you believe that numbers don't lie and they always tell you the truth? Um, go ahead, leave your comments in the comments section and uh, let me know. I look forward to hearing from you and uh, I'll be back next episode. And I'm out. Peace.